This is the John Oakley Show podcast. James Fursello, the cop who killed Sammy and team on that streetcar back in the summer of 2013, granted full parole uh, after 21 months, again, for attempted murder. Uh, Joe did correct me on that. That was a strange anomaly in that case. But nonetheless, uh, the family seemingly has been left out of the loop in all of this, and I find that to be uh, equally egregious or an outrage. Joining us on the line is the lawyer for the Yatim family, Ed Upenix. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Ed. Is that about right? Upenix. Upenix. So that is about right. Okay, I'm all around the net. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate you coming on, Ed. I mean, did the family, when did you guys find out uh, about the parole situation with James Fursillo? We found out through the media Today? Today? Today, yeah, we didn't find out otherwise about um, today the decision that is making the news today. We didn't find out otherwise. As I understand it, the decision was actually made on Friday, wasn't it? It looks like that. I, I read through a copy, and it looks like it was made on Friday. But what I don't understand is why we weren't given notification. Yeah, I was going to ask, uh, is this just pro forma for the parole board? They don't feel that they have to tell anybody, you know, in this case, you know, the victims, families, uh, or representatives. Uh, it's just a unilateral decision they make, and, uh, you know, they don't have to tell anybody? I don't know what's happening or what happened at their end, but I do know that they were sent in registration. They were sent in registration that was signed by Sammy's father, Bill, or Nabil Yatim, and indicated in there that he preferred that the communication... I'm losing you here. Are you still with us, Ed? It it indicated that the uh, communications go through me, and I was not contacted at all. Not at all. All right, so when you say, I, I kind of lost you there when the phone broke up, but you're saying the communications would go through you. Are those the communications directly from the parole board? Correct. So advance notices, we received none. So why the air of secrecy, why the family was left in the dark, I don't know. Were, were you in the loop previously when he had come up for hearings? I guess he had a, a, a hearing back in the spring or uh, somewhat earlier in the last year, uh, were you apprised of that at all? Uh, no. Well, and if I memory seems to serve, if I recall, the family was upset at that time as well, so nothing got rectified or remediated to your satisfaction. No, and I would have thought, because this is a high-profile case, a very high-profile case, I would have thought that someone at the parole board would have reached out and at least um, uh, checked or double-checked why why there was no notification, um, why the team family was not contacted at all, uh, and even even the two board members. Um, I would have thought that they would have paused before <laughs> rendering their decision and asked, you know, has, has there been any requests from the Yatim family? Uh, are they apprised of the situation? Uh, do we have their position? Do we have their feeling? Because certainly reference was made in the decision, reference was made uh, during the sentencing process, when uh, Bill, uh, Sarah, and Sahar all uh, 
um, read their impact statements. Reference was made to that, and I would have thought that someone would have thought, you know, do we give the family an opportunity to comment, to comment on the request for full parole? Well, this is the thing. I'm kind of curious now, Ed, because uh, if the board had notified you, uh, what then typically might uh, a response have been, or how would the family's interest have been served? Well, the family would have, um, Bill and Sarah, certainly would have expressed their views. And if they had an opportunity to attend, they would have attended. So what do you? So there's, there, I think we need a process review at the parole board of Canada because this should not be happening. And I know that from Bill's standpoint, from Sarah's standpoint, throughout they've been trying to find out um, what happened to to Sammy and why, to hold those accountable accountable for their actions, and also. Um, and what's important today is to make sure this sort of thing doesn't happen again. So when there are um, parole applications before the Parole Board of Canada, what's the process for the family to um, be notified, to be kept appraised of the situation, and to um, have advance notice, advance notice of hearings, advance notice of decisions and have the opportunity to uh, make their submissions. I'm kind of surprised, I'm flabbergasted that this doesn't actually happen today, or if it did, you've fallen through the cracks here, the team family has, so have you actually launched a formal request for a process review? Uh, No. Will you? This all happened today. I I understand. Okay, uh, but are you planning to then? I, I I, I would have to get instructions on that, but I believe that would that would be um, the request made of me. Again, uh, Ed Upenix is with us. He's the lawyer for the Yatim family. They just heard today through the media that uh, James Versillo, who uh, took the life of Sammy Yatim and was charged and convicted, spent uh, 21 months of a six-and-a-half-year sentence for uh, attempted murder. That was the actual rap, uh, interestingly so. But uh, now the family is blindsided by all of these developments. The argument might be made, I'm just speculating here, that uh, the parole board's position is that the trial flushed all of this out, and so uh, once the victim impact statements were made, and so on and so forth, uh, there was nothing left for the family to be involved in. Uh, would you dispute that? Yes, and if, if, if it was your son or your family, would you think that should be the end of it? I, I think not. Well, I'm not sure how this society certainly is a society. I think we can do better than that. Well, I would agree with you that far. Uh, You know, the other thing is that, you know, he's been uh, granted parole and the parole board seemed impressed that he was rehabilitated and uh, has shown the proper remorse and contrition. I guess he got some kind of a course or plans to become an electrician and hopes that the union takes him on. Uh, The the idea that he'd be safe in the community, uh, is there a certain amount of closure for the family as far as that's concerned, or do they still harbor resentment and think that he's a danger or a risk? You know what, I I, I don't know if I should uh, share their views in that regard. Um, but obviously there are concerns. Uh, they have some concerns, and uh, they sat, they were 
at the trial, um, uh, Mr. Fursillo never apologized, never showed any remorse. He was asked uh, directly about that by the trial judge. He um, did not waver at all during the sentencing, the same thing. And it's only now, apparently, that he seems to um, uh, show some remorse when uh, it benefits him. So the family's frustrated because uh, there's still a lack of full closure. Uh, they're frustrated for many reasons, and that's one of the reasons. Understood. Ed, well, I appreciate your joining us. Uh, I'm as surprised as you are that this is the development, and there was no foreknowledge that this was going to take place, the full-on parole announcement. And uh, wish you the best going forward, perhaps with that process review at the very least. Uh, let's see if the system can do better by people who are victimized by uh, those who are breaking the law. Well, thank you, and thank you for reaching out. Um, it shouldn't have gone down this way, obviously. So thank you, John, and hopefully we can work together to change the system. Good for you on that. Thanks so much. Ed Upenix, again, you. lawyer for the Yatim family. Uh, a tragedy all around, obviously. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 